Blog Talk Radio.
Road Radio. We have a little bit of interference here at the last minute. I hear the, the music beginning to uh, uh, to clear out. I'd like to thank everyone for listening tonight. We've got uh, discussion tonight about the recent elections. Uh, it seems that uh, that once again the the tides have uh, changed direction, and there is uh, there is a lot of uh, change that is uh, coming about. It seems that uh, that the the new uh, Republican Congress could be the could be the uh, most dominant. Uh, Congress uh, since uh, all the way back to 1929. <clears throat> Republicans gained uh, majorities in the House and Senate, uh, meaning that uh, President Obama will uh, will have a uh, probably a fairly rough road for the last two years. This isn't uh, this isn't without a lot of precedent. As Clinton faced the same thing. Bush uh, faced the same thing. Uh, we'll talk about that in uh, in just a bit. I want to thank uh, uh, Poker Face for uh, for loaning us the the music that we used to start the show. I appreciate them doing that, and uh, and the theme of that of that song, the title of that song is Control, and uh, there's a lot of excitement about the. Republicans, uh, you know, gaining control over the House and Senate, but uh, about uh, Congress and the Senate, and uh, and that's great. Except that that this isn't like uh, the first time this has ever happened. You know, it's it's happened uh, several times before, and I'm happy. I just want to make sure that that our reps move on very quickly to the second part uh, of this event. You know, the first part of the celebration. I'm sure they're all uh, toasting each other and victory parties and stuff like that. That's that's great. That's fun. You know, they're, they uh, they're going to celebrate for the team. But the team is not them up there. The team is all of us across the nation, and uh, we certainly had quite a bit of experience of the uh, of our representatives uh, toasting themselves and celebrating after their victories, and then <clears throat> and then just sitting back on their laurels and and not using. Uh, the powers that they have the to to get stuff done and just kind of uh just kind of doing things uh business as usual until uh six seven years later uh something happens the, the, the economy takes a turn for the worse uh, uh there's a an unpopular war whatever whatever happens. And the people say, okay, we're getting rid of it. We're going to get rid of all these guys. And they get rid of them. And that recently happened uh, with the 
with the Republicans being uh, the Republican voters being sick and tired of their representatives not doing anything, not doing the things that we asked them to do, uh, not looking out for our interests, and and just letting them go. And I hope, uh, and I, I'd say this very pessimistically, that uh, I hope that they uh, that they are ready to do the things that we would ask them to do, that we need them to do. We have a uh, a ton of issues from previous administrations who have who have done a uh, a huge amount of damage to the nation. And when I say previous, I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about Democrats, Republicans, everybody. I'm talking about everything from the Patriot Act to Obamacare. I'm talking about uh, the creation of uh, hundreds of SARS and agencies, new agencies uh, detailed to provide control of the American people and regulation. Uh, there are a ton of agencies that need to be, uh, if not uh, fixed, then dismantled, dissolved. Uh, the IRS, the ATF, uh, we've got a, a huge number of rogue agencies that are out there, and if they can't be reined in, then they need to be dismantled. That may be a hard road uh, for a, a lot of our reps to take, but if they can't do it, we need to let them know that these are the things that we need done. And if they can't do it, then we'll get somebody else, even if that means uh, voting in another slew of uh, Democrat voters, I mean, uh, Democrat reps. Because uh, if the... Representatives that we elect, if they're not willing to do the things that we ask them to do, then what does it matter? What does it matter, what does it matter who's, who is in office? If, if, if we are not getting any uh, action from the people that we elect, then what does it matter who's in there? So I hope that they are, I hope that they are willing to listen uh, to their constituents and then to act on the information that they receive. Now, that's going to be your job, and that is to send them the information that they can receive. To let them know what you need from them, the things that you want, and, uh, pardon me, I know that uh, I know that a lot of people don't like to do this. They don't want to, uh, they don't want to go through uh, the jumping the, the hoops or whatever it takes to contact their senators or congressmen their elected officials, and detail the things that they want or they need. But listen, that's the, that's the only way that this is going to get fixed, and that is by you laying down your list, your needs, uh, to your representatives and saying, look, here's what it is. Here's what, here's what i got to have from you. Here's what uh, I'm myself, here's what I need, here's what my family needs. Here's what my state needs, and here's what my nation needs. And if you can't do this, then 
then I'm going to have to get someone else. Whenever I speak to the staffers uh, for the senators and congressmen, <clears throat> I always ask them, uh, you know, if when some issue is coming up, or even if there's no issue, if I'm just if I'm just contacting them to let them know about my needs, then I always ask uh, if they're getting calls or letters and stuff like that, and. To my great disappointment, they seldom are, and that's a problem because you know if you don't if you don't let them know what your needs are, then how are they going to fulfill them? And there are some pretty obvious things that uh, that you would think that they would that they would know or understand, uh, especially if they are, uh, if they have been elected by conservative constituents, things like uh, safeguarding your freedoms and liberties, uh, things like uh, preserving Second Amendment issues. Uh, but I got to tell you that uh, if you're counting on them, uh, always taking the hard path and doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. I'm not sure that I would I would count on that because the politicians are always doing the easy thing. They're always doing the thing that that is easy and the thing that is best for them. Uh the things that are going to keep them in power, the things that are going to uh uh garner them votes. Uh, so making sure that they are uh, that they're holding true to the ideas that you sent them to uphold uh, means that you need to exert influence on them for that. So all right. Uh, okay, I said that I wanted to thank the uh, poker face and uh, I'd like to remind the, the listeners that, <clears throat> uh, well, first off, let me say that uh, we missed uh, the last week's show uh, because Blog Talk was having some kind of system-wide, uh, some system-wide problems. And since I can't, uh, since I haven't, Worked out a good way yet to uh, to notify people. It's hard for me to let you guys know if something's up or like uh, like what happened. <clears throat> I think one of the best things to do is if you guys could go to the uh, battleroadusa.com website, and there is a uh, there's a link on there for the newsletter. If you guys can sign up for the newsletter, then I'm going to to pull a, a list of that for the radio show so that I can send out announcements. Uh, on the newsletter uh, for upcoming guests and shows and stuff like that. And then if we do have some kind of problem like this last week, that I can let you know so that you don't go to the uh, uh, to the website and sit there waiting for a show because I don't have any other way to, to contact folks. And the only way I could do it would be to post it to the Blog Talk website, which wasn't allowing me to post anything. 
So, and and that is not a uh, uh, that's not a problem that that never happens. I mean, it, it happens to my office. It's not the first time we've encountered that. Uh, there'll be problems with blog talk. Uh, either it's just like a, it's like a huge, uh, cranky temperamental machine. And sometimes things go fine and other times it it is a huge uphill battle to get the show loaded, get logged into it and have it run. It just, uh, and I understand that they are working with a, a huge number of shows. I don't remember the total. I think it was, I think the last time I looked, there was something like 60 or 70,000 radio shows uh, that they are running. Uh, of course, not all at once, but they're having to keep track of them and, and archive them and run them in chat rooms and everything else. So I, I understand that uh, it's a big machine. Uh, I wish it worked better all the time, but it doesn't. Anyway, go to the Battle Road uh, webpage, www.battleroadusa.com. Click on the newsletter link and then sign up for the newsletter. Now, we've also got a, a Facebook page, Battle Road Radio. Just do a search for on Facebook for Battle Road Radio. And uh, we'll try and keep you updated through the Facebook page and the uh, uh, and the uh, newsletter. Uh, we have uh, uh, Mike Vanderbilt from the Sipsy Street Irregulars uh, this next Thursday, and uh, I think it's going to be a very uh, a very interesting show. Uh, if you guys that are not familiar with uh, Sipsy Street, you can go to the uh, uh, the Sipsy Street uh, uh, webpage and uh, and read uh, uh, read some of the writings that you'll find there. And you can get there by going to uh, www. SipsyStreetIrregulars.blogspot.com. Okay, Irregulars.blogspot.com. Oh, you can just Google Sipsy Street, and uh, it will take you there. And you guys have heard me uh, talk about Sipsy Street before, and uh, it is uh, it's a great. Uh, blog spot, and it, uh, I think it has a lot of very uh, relevant information there, and uh, Mike Vanderbilt does a great job of, uh, a great job of, of voicing his opinions, his concerns. I don't know if you remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about <clears throat> the situation in Germany, because people, uh, you know, people always will bring up uh, Hitler and the Nazis and uh, and say, why didn't somebody do something? Why didn't somebody do something? Nobody did anything. And that's true, but it's also not all the way true because 
the, uh, the folks in Germany they actually did have a plan. Uh, they had a group uh, uh, called the Reichsbanner, and and they had uh, almost over a million men <laughs> with uh, they all had uniforms, and you know it was like a like a citizens' militia. They all had uniforms, and and uh, and in their houses they had guns, uh, and it was their uh, plan that should Hitler. Uh, and the Nazis uh, make some type of a, uh, a push through a coup, Germany, that uh, the Reichsbanner would defend the uh, the Weimar Republic. They would they would keep it from falling into the hands of the of the Nazis. <clears throat> and the problem was that uh, that that was their plan. If there was a coup, they would defend the nation. Uh, and prevent Hitler from taking over that way. But as it turns out, Hitler didn't uh, instigate a coup. He didn't take over power that way. He did it uh, through various legal methods uh, over the course of, uh, of of many years. And so the plan that they had, while well, it was a good one, it was just one plan. And since the thing they were planning for didn't occur, then they didn't have a plan B. There wasn't, a, there wasn't any other plans that said, well, if, if he tries this or this, well, then we'll meet it like this. <laughs> and uh, and so Hitler ended up coming to power legally and then arresting the heads of the Reichsbanner. and just standing it. Uh, the point of his article was really it was when when is enough going to be enough? Because we got a kind of like the same uh, we don't it's there's not a uh, there's not a real organized uh, plan for defense of the nation. It's really a very uh, disorganized plan. But you have a, a huge number of folks that are in three uh, percent groups now, and uh, militia groups, uh, different types of uh, of organizations uh, with the, who have the the same type of banner, which is to defend and protect uh, the constitution. And and were the government to instigate some type of massive uh, uh, push. I'd say they all they, they loaded everybody up and into uh, trucks and they sent them out and they said, okay, that's it. We're going house to house. We're going to start confiscating everybody's firearms today. And uh, and they started doing that. Uh, then certainly there would be a, a huge uprising and 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 violence would begin occurring and uh, people would begin lining up just like they did at Lexington and Concord. But I don't think that is that dumb because uh, you know they they see they understand the same thing they know what would happen so it's like the frog in the in the, the boiling pan of water analogy you know if you drop the frog into a boiling pan of water uh, he would start leaping around and jumping out but if you put the the frog in the in the lukewarm water and then turn the fire on 
and it keeps getting hotter and hotter, and finally at some point it gets hot enough that it kills the frog. I mean, it could have jumped out. But because it didn't happen all at once, it didn't. And it seems like that that's what's happening to us. We're not, uh, we don't have the government putting the hammer down all at once, hitting us with a sledgehammer and and taking all the rights away at once, causing everybody and uh, and resist. Instead, what's happening is it's, it's it's being taken away incrementally in, in small slices. We're, we're suffering the death of a thousand knives, the death of a thousand cuts, and and we are losing our rights daily. We're losing our rights daily. We're being pushed further and further uh, under the boot of governmental control uh, each and every single day, whether it is uh, whether it is big uh, SWAT raids now going after people selling uh, uh, free-range eggs uh, or unboiled milk, or if it is uh, the IRS being used by a tool, not just by one party or the other. Uh, I'm talking about used as a tool, uh, as a tool of uh, oppression, as an agency, because it is. I mean, it is. Uh, we pay taxes, uh, but we don't pay them voluntarily. We pay them at the point of a gun. And that's the way it works. If you if you don't pay your taxes, wait and see what happens. Someone will eventually show up. And when they do, they will get you to pay your taxes at the point of a gun. And uh, and it may be literal or or, or it may be uh the threat of the point of a gun. But the end result is still the same. You'll be paying your taxes whether you believe them to be right or wrong, whether you believe that the government is using that those funds uh, correctly or incorrectly, they're going to be taken from you at the point of a gun. We have we have federal agencies uh, that have gone uh, that have gone way off the reservation. That are being used uh, uh, not as they were meant to be, uh, and even even their original charters at times are uh, were, are really unnecessary. And now they're being used uh, as as methods uh, of keeping the population uh, under their control. So. Uh, so we're in a real uh, we're in a real tizzy right now. So what is this new uh, turn of events going to do for us? Well, as I said earlier, the uh, the the president not uh, having uh, uh, the uh, House and Senate, having Congress and the Senate 
point decide during the last couple of years of uh, of his uh, term uh, is not a new thing. Uh, the and the way it usually works is that uh, is that Congress uh, will be held by the the opposing party, which uh, which by this time, by the sixth year, they they generally they loathe the current president, and then you have the uh, the staff of the current serving president. It's you know six years later they're worn out they're uh, and now they're facing uh, a new battle. Uh, this has happened uh, several times. It's happened uh, three times in the last 30 years. You had uh, Ronald Reagan uh, serving out the last two years of his uh, uh, office in 87 and 88. And then uh, Bill Clinton in uh, 1999 and 2000. And then uh, George Bush in 2007-2008. So what does that mean for uh, – what is that going to mean for the – and really and for the country uh, – for these next two years, because the president has uh, he has a he has a lot of latitude in the things that he can do, and what what his office is about uh, as uh, far as uh, foreign policy. Uh, but to do anything uh, within the boundaries of the nation, any kind of domestic policy, that uh, generally means having to have uh, Congress on board so that they can pass the laws that he's willing to sign. So so what is that going to mean for the next two years? Is it going to be uh is it going to be a a, a partisan uh battle uh or or sometimes what happens in these cases is that the president will actually begin to try and work with the uh, party that uh, holds control of the of Congress and the Senate, and and try and get some uh, stuff done, some stuff passed, and a lot of times it's stuff that that his own party, like uh, Obama's the the Democrat Party, may not be willing to do, but that he can get passed uh, by using Republicans and some of the folks and some of the Democrats are willing to get onto it. Uh, and that might actually work if Obama is willing to uh, – uh, if he's willing to to look at other options other than other than his own visions of what uh, of what he wants to happen, uh, and start looking at uh, at some of the issues where Republicans are. Uh, are willing to to look for and act on change. Uh, now, this certainly doesn't mean that uh, that there's any reason to think that the that President Obama has any hope of of pushing through any uh, really any major legislation that he is going to uh, initiate uh, or create. Because because we know a lot of the things that Obama would like to do uh, are are not touchable items like uh, 
uh, immigration. Uh, so it's it's something that's a very polarizing issue, and we know that uh, that now with the Republicans in control of the Senate, it's going to nullify uh, some of the current uh, legislation that is on the books. But uh, there could be there could be additional uh, legislation that uh, that he might be willing to sign or he might be willing to push through. Now we also know that uh, that Obama has uh, has already indicated that he's going to uh, to try and reform uh, or trying to push through immigration policies by executive order. And there's certainly some of that he can do, but it's not going to be it's not going to be anything major that this, in the way that it could be done uh, by Congress uh, and the Senate. It's going to be it'll be something more minor, and even that uh, might get rolled up uh, with enough votes. Uh, the uh, we also know that uh, the last few times, uh, the last few times that this has been tried, the immigration reform, uh, it really didn't go anywhere because uh, uh, when President Bush wanted to do that, when he was in power the last few years, when he wanted to do it, the Republicans revolted and. And Bush didn't really have he really didn't have the clout by that time by his by the end of his term to do anything about it. Uh, the the stuff that they did get pushed through uh, was uh, stuff like the uh, uh, the fiscal stimulus package. If you remember, that was back in early two thousand eight. And then there was also a, a reform of the law overseeing the house, uh, the housing finance companies, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that summer, and uh, and of course, who can forget the uh, seven hundred billion dollar bank bailout, known as TARP. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of enthusiasm on the part of the Democrats uh, to do this. But they also felt that uh, they that they had to because if they didn't, uh, then they would be seen as uh, the reasons uh, that uh, that the rest of the banking industry would begin failing. So, so there 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 is still stuff uh, that can happen. Uh, after the uh, 106th Congress took office uh, back in January of 1999, uh, it moved to hold an impeachment trial on Bill Clinton, <laughs> which was, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, that's it's what they, it's what a, lot, a majority of the people wanted, whether it was, whether it was something that really should have been done or not, I don't know. I mean, uh, there was a, there were a lot more there were a lot more important things that could have been done. 
than that, but that's what they did. Uh, in uh, November of the same year, 1999, Congress passed uh, the Graham-Leach-Bliley uh, Act, which de- deregulated the financial industry, uh, which, among other things, it called for, which was the uh, the unlinking of banks uh, from the the 1920s and 30s era rules, which prevented security firms and commercial banks from being uh, part of the same company. Uh, and that bill really kind of sparked a lot of deregulatory fervor that uh, that ended up leaving the banks vulnerable to the crisis that they experienced nine years later. Uh, even though it was strongly supported by the banking industry and business groups, and, and why not? Uh, I think even they foresaw the, uh, because we've been playing with it for quite a while, the too-big-to-fail issue, and uh, and that allowed them to, to, to run fast and loose with a, a lot of money because they just got their coffers refilled with $700 billion from the American people. Anyway, uh, there is uh, there's a lot of things uh, that could uh, that could through uh, as I said, Obama is uh, is uh, vowing that. Uh, He's going to push through his uh, immigration plan by executive order. Now, both the both the Republicans and the Democrats want to reform the nation's immigration system. They have just they have very obviously different ideas on how it's going to be done. Then uh, we've heard uh, for the last uh, several years, all we've heard is that. Uh, that immigration could be fixed if those Republicans would just stop blocking away and do the things the president wants to do. Uh, that it's all their fault. And that it could be done if they would just do the things, if they would just shut up and do the things he wanted them to do. And uh, the White House is even now saying that uh, the uh, that the House had its chance for immigration reform. And, uh, and instead... If they didn't uh, go through with uh, what Obama wanted, that uh, he's going to uh, push it through it by executive order. And uh, that executive order is, is more than probably going to very drastically reduce the number of deportations that uh, Ill- illegal immigrants are uh, are facing Right now, I don't know how it, how it's going to get. I don't know how how it's, he's going to make it easier for them, but apparently, he is now. Initially, Obama's going to do this at the end of the summer, and I'm sure that that was his thinking. Should uh, the Democrats uh, retain control of the House and the Senate, but uh, and it didn't. It wasn't making the immigration reform people happy, but that's what he's going to do. But 
but now he's vowing to uh, to do it uh, pretty much, I'm sure, immediately. Uh, and as I said earlier, I'm sure his executive order is going to uh, enrage a lot of folks, especially the Republicans, uh, because this administration has been doing a ton of stuff by executive order. And I don't really know how legal uh, any of these executive orders has been, and I don't know why uh, why we can't get our reps to investigate that and put an end to the executive orders that are uh, that have been going over the line. But uh, like I said earlier, it's it, the executive order. While it may it may cover some stuff, there's no way that it can actually. Uh, they can't actually go as far as actual uh, legislation can. Uh, uh, any any new law would have to go through the Senate again now, and, and it's not going to go through in, in any of it in any of its uh, past forms. It would have to be completely new new bill now. Uh, And he did tell the uh, uh, the GOP leadership that uh, you send me a bill that I can sign, and those executive actions will go away. And to, to me, that almost sounds like a, uh, like a, a mafia-style thing. Uh, so, uh, so that is kind of limited. Uh, there's uh he can also add limits uh on carbon emissions if that's something that he may try and do. He wouldn't get anywhere with the with the last Congress on stemming car carbon emissions can guarantee you he, he's not gonna get anywhere with it uh with the with the new Congress. Uh especially with uh with the with this one being led by Mitch McConnell, who uh, who defeated his opponent uh, by by describing her as an ally in Obama's war on coal, uh, but I'm sure that he can still uh, he can still by executive order. Uh, try and increase limits uh, on carbon. Uh, of course, we've heard Obama over and over again in his speeches to the American public uh, characterize anyone who would question or uh, or deny the the democratic idea on climate change as serious serious threats to the nation. So if you're a if you don't believe uh that that climate control or that uh climate change is being done by you and your your vehicle or you and your uh your backyard barbecue grill or anything like that, if you actually think that it might be to circumstances beyond our control, then you are a serious threat to this nation. Uh, so 
and I've got to say that 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 this is something that has been nowhere near worked out. Uh, we, we've got scientists on each side of the aisle uh, who, and, and right now the majority are saying that we don't, that we are not having, uh, we cannot have uh, any type of effect that we would like to have uh, by doing really anything. Uh, <clears throat> that that the Earth goes through climate changes on a regular basis and has done so historically uh, despite uh, man uh, being in a, uh, you know, wearing uh, rags and living in a dark coal cave that we still had climate change. Uh, but if you deny that, and that's one of the things the government says, if you deny climate change, then uh, you are a threat to the nation. That you arrive, you you can't. That's one of the things that can categorize you as a uh, domestic terrorist. <clears throat> uh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, uh, now we know that the uh, Obama campaign uh, six years ago on on closing down, on ending the war, and closing down uh, Gitmo. And he didn't either, and and yet his guys, they're still they still love him. He's still doing everything. He's just exactly like he said he was, according to them. But I got to tell you, uh, I'm on the same page. Uh, I'm uh, maybe for a different reason. But I'm on the same page uh, with the people that want to close down Gitmo. I think that I think this is a bad idea. I think uh, <clears throat> I think that if we if we feel that they need to be detained, then let's detain them. Uh, if it is <clears throat> uh, if they need to be uh, put in prison. Let's let's have a uh, military trial for them and put them in prison. If they uh, need to be executed, let's have a military trial that fines for their execution, and then we'll do it. Uh, I think the whole idea of grabbing somebody and uh, holding them without representation without uh, indefinitely I, I, it's wrong it's wrong whether they are a terrorist or an American citizen it's wrong whether they committed a murder or stole a loaf of bread it's wrong uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not pushing for us to bring back uh, hundreds of terrorists and and give them uh, sideshow trials uh, in the United States. I'm just saying that there needs to there has to be some type of due process that is afforded to them in the same way that we would afford it to any prisoner of war. Uh, <clears throat> 
or any uh, person suspected of committing any uh, breaking any laws or committing any type of uh, 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 terrorism. And the reason I'm that this I find this troubling is because uh, we're only we're only a, a few shades away from from this happening to us as citizens. Now, uh, certainly there's supposed to be a firewall between it, but <clears throat> there's always supposed to be something protecting us from something else. And uh, history has shown that 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 those protections uh, can be removed and we could end up as American citizens, we could end up in the same place. Now, by that, I mean uh, we could have someone uh, who determines that uh, we may be a threat uh, in some way, and we may get a label, the same way that uh, people are now are, are get the no-fly labels, or they get the domestic terrorism uh, labels because of uh, bumper stickers of the car that says, I believe in the Constitution, or I'm against abortion. Uh we know even recently that those things have been added to uh, a lot of different agencies' uh, discussions on who is a terrorist and what a domestic terrorist is. <clears throat> and I don't want to end up on somebody's list uh, saying that I'm a terrorist and then I have to go to some place and be locked up without representation, without uh, being formally charged, indefinitely and and it can happen. I don't want anybody to think that it can't because it can happen. No. Mike, it has happened. It has. And that Patriot Act they got floating around out there specifically allows it. And that is a fundamental principle of here in America. Due process of law. Fifth Amendment to the Constitution. No person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And if it's good well, enough for us, it's good enough for our enemies, too. Well, Otherwise, we're sinking the lower than they are. That's right. I mean, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't want anybody to think that I'm in any way saying that... Uh, don't anything of the, that these guys are doing because uh, I don't at the same time uh, and I know that they that I, I believe I was talking or reading about that uh, I, I think that one of the last times somebody actually got uh, sent to, uh, or did something that got them sent to Guantanamo was was hell almost 10 years ago now but but I'm just saying that this is a bad precedent, and I know that our government does this in other ways, too, that we farm out people that we snatch up to other countries or we hold them in uh, in offshore facilities that do not come under the, uh, uh, the, the eye or the jurisdiction of American constitutional law. But uh, uh, like I said... Uh, 
we know that there is always, uh, no matter no matter what organization you're talking about, what uh, what agency, that there's always a possibility for abuse, <laughs> and and this particular system is ripe for it. So yeah, I'm I'm all for closing down Guantanamo and and any other facilities like that. I don't want to. Right now, I mean, uh, we we stand more of a chance. Our chances of being killed by our own government agencies uh, are 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 much much greater than they are for us being killed by any terrorist. Uh, And I believe the last time we were talking that. that that we were discussing uh, Benjamin Franklin's uh, ideas, and uh, his was that uh, those who would give up uh, liberty uh, for safety and security uh, deserve neither, and that's what we're doing right now. That's what the that's what the the knee jerk. Uh, passage and push through the Patriot Act did to us is make us feel like we better do something. And I, I hear it quoted, and I hear people saying it all the time. Man, man, I'm willing to give up some of my liberty to be safe, and it infuriates me. I'm not willing to give up any liberty to be safe. Uh, I'll, I'll take my chances. Uh, I don't want to live under government oppression in order to be, quote, safe, uh, because there is no safety in government oppression. Uh, uh, so that's why uh, that's why I said at the beginning of the show that <clears throat> I think one of the one of the first messages uh, that we should send to our representatives is that we want them to begin uh, because they're certainly not not going to happen all at once because the beast has certainly uh, grown to tremendous size, we want them to begin uh, dismantling some of, at least some of the most dangerous parts of the of the Patriot Act and getting us back on the road uh, to to living under uh, a system that will still afford us the, the, uh, the freedoms uh, that this nation offers. Uh, and the only way that's going to happen is by making sure that we let our reps know that that's what we want. Uh, all right, so we've got... Uh, we're going to have the most dominant Republican Congress since 1929. Uh, that means that uh, the Republicans are going to end up walking into the into the 2015 year, controlling both the House and the Senate by well, actually pretty large margins. Uh, that means that uh, this will be the first time that the, the Republicans, uh, the GOP, has controlled both chambers since 109. And if uh, and with the uh, election numbers, it's going to end up being the widest 
margin of control since 1929. So, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> but but one one last thing about this the uh, historically the norm uh, is that there there has been a single party uh, dominance. Over the House and Senate, over the House and Senate, uh, for the majority of the 20th century, uh, chambers uh, almost nonstop. Uh, back, I mean, Congress after Congress after Congress. Uh, even with the White House, you know, changing back and forth. The the recent swinging back and forth between the parties is. Is the exception. It's not the norm. It's, it's the exception. The n- normally the the houses have the house and, and senate have been held by the Democrats. So this this back and forth thing is is really kind of is kind of new uh, in just the last uh, twenty years. <clears throat> but. <clears throat> Uh, with the Republicans holding 53 seats in a uh, 100-person Senate, the Democrats 45, they're going to have an 8% ma- uh, margin of majority. Uh, and with the uh, uh, with the GOP holding 243 seats in the House to the Democrats 192, that's an 11.7% advantage. Uh or a uh, 19.7 percentage point combined majority uh, with the House and Senate. So they're going to have a uh, they're going to have a, a, a higher Republican uh, dominance than they did uh, back in uh, 1947 with the 80th Congress. But then there there was a smaller there was a, a lower uh, a smaller amount of control in the Senate. <clears throat> Uh, so once again, it's gonna it, it's gonna be interesting to see how this is going to turn out. Uh, my only uh, my worry is, like I said, that uh, that the last few times that the uh, the uh, the GOP has has managed to maintain or, or to get this amount of power uh, they haven't they haven't done anything with it and they haven't they haven't used it to the advantage of the citizen they've used it to the advantage of their party uh, they've used it to push things through uh, for their own party but but they haven't used it uh to help repair the damage done uh, to the nation over the last uh, over the last 35 and 40 years, uh, so so it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do, and I certainly hope that I certainly hope that they are going to uh, to listen. Uh, to what we would like for them to do, <clears throat> and 
and also, like I said earlier, I, I really can't say that I'm, uh, that I'm uh, optimistic. Um, I'm, I'm more pessimistic about this, uh, thinking that they're going to that they're going to squander this. Uh, and I think that it's certainly, uh, certainly, uh, their track record, uh, of them, uh, and the, and the idea that, uh, that our representatives are doing things to keep them in their, uh, positions rather than things that that are helpful to the uh to their constituents. I say I certainly think that term limits would be one of the things that uh that would help fix this. So uh, a lot is going to depend on on what we say and what we demand uh, and how much we actually uh, become involved in the process, in the process of governing ourselves, right? Okay. Uh, like I said, I want to remind you guys that uh, that this next Thursday that uh, we'll have uh, – uh, Mike Vanderbilt from the Sipsy Street Irregulars will have him on the show. Uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. He's a super smart guy, and uh, Mr. Vanderbilt is hes generally uh, uh, held as uh, uh, as being the, the person who created uh, the, the modern uh, usage or the modern a uh, three percenter moniker, and of course that's become uh, the, the new cool uh, identifier, the new cool catchphrase. Uh, lots of flags and patches and everything else. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about what that means, what the definition of a three percenter is, and we're going to talk about uh, how close. Uh, America might actually be uh, to conflict. So be sure and put that on your uh, calendars. I'm listening. Go ahead, uh, Sam. Oh, I didn't say anything, uh, but uh, getting uh, Mike Vanderbilt on is going to be fantastic. Uh, people need to get their friends to make sure they listen in next week. Uh this is an interesting guy with some bright ideas. You may not care for all of them, but I'll tell you, uh, he's somebody you're going to listen to and you're going to take seriously. And uh, I'm very interested in having him come on the show. I really want to hear what he's got to say. Yeah, uh, and listen, between now and then, between now and then, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you in just a second, Sam. And between now and then, Make sure that you go over to uh, Sipsy Street. All right, just hit the uh, uh, hit the Google, get the uh, Sipsy Street. You can find it at sipsystreetirregulars.blogspot.com. You just just Google Sipsy Street, and it'll take you straight to it. Go there and read read some of the writings 
that are there. Uh, don't just don't just glance over them. Read through some of the stuff that's written, and think about uh, think about what is being said. Uh, Sam, go ahead. No, uh, I've been reading uh, Mr. Vanderbilt for a couple of years now, and uh, he's been spot on with just about. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. With just about every uh, issue you can think of, he's spot on and ahead of the ahead of the media in just about every way. Uh, you, you're not going to find anyone who is uh, any more opinionated about the Second Amendment or liberty than 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 he is. Positions are well thought out. Uh, I'm sure he talks to some pretty bright lawyers because he's got some some strong legal issues to back up his arguments in a lot of cases. Uh, he's technically correct when he speaks and uh, really just a very interesting guy. Right. And uh, and the stuff that's written there is going to be uh, – it's, it's – uh, you might find it rough reading at first. You may find it, but like I said, you need to when you read it, think about it. Don't just uh, uh, don't read it and jump up and down. Uh, read it and think about what you're what you're reading. Take time to digest the information and see if you don't uh, feel like this is going to be like this is a, a valid opinion of a free American citizen living under the Constitution, all right? So that will be this uh, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, I want to tell you guys that the the Ghost of Goliad rifle marching course, ship course that we uh, just ran through uh, was uh, was really a success. Uh, we had uh, a lot of great shooters. We had about 20 folks on the line, uh, including uh, three uh, young boys, two seven-year-olds, and I believe uh, – I believe he was nine years old or ten years old, and uh, they all learned a great deal. I think that uh, and a, a lot of the folks were from a three percent uh, organization, and uh, uh, there's always. Uh, I tell people to when you come to an event like this, be be ready uh, for some harsh reality. Because there's always uh, there always appears to be a, a fairly large gap uh, between uh, how well you think you shoot and how well you actually shoot. Uh, if you haven't been going to the range and uh, and figuring this out, then this could be a, a harsh dose of reality. All right, but on the pro side is that in the two days, uh, you learn all of the stuff that you need to fix that problem. You learn all the stuff that you're going to need to make you uh, an af- accurate uh, rifle marksman. Uh, you'll get uh, two days of rock-solid uh, fundamentals of rifle marksmanship instruction, You'll get two days, two solid days of rifle safety, which is something that uh, that we don't push 
uh, probably as much as we should because just because it's something that that we uh, as instructors in the organization that we take for granted uh, that we're going to run a safe line that we're going to make sure that everybody uh, on the line is running a safe line and that they're not just obeying uh, our safety rules but they're learning the safety rules and they're learning the reasons for them and that they carry this information away from them, especially uh, the young kids, because uh, we we do uh, run a tight ship as far as safety goes, and we make sure that uh, at the end of the two days that these kids understand the importance of their safely uh, handling firearms, and they do a good job at the end of the two days. They're, they're pretty smart, they're pretty sharp, and we hope that we've given them a a solid foundation in rifle safety. So that's one of the things that, that I really do appreciate uh, that uh, that that really everybody comes away from the course from is a, uh, a much better understanding of how to safely uh, handle your your rifles and uh, and this was a good group. Now <clears throat> we uh, We'll be running the course again in November and December, and we've got a uh, uh, a two-day uh, pistol course coming up. I believe it's the 17th and 18th, uh, which is the Monday and Tuesday of November. But uh, and it's uh, it's for a private group, but we're op- we'll, the course is open to the public. So if you'd like to, uh, if you've got a uh, uh, the Monday and Tuesday off, then. Uh, you're welcome to come by. We'll be running our uh, 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 our fighting handgun and uh, our introduction, our handgun introduction course. Now these aren't uh, these aren't beginner courses. This is not a place for you to learn how to shoot. You need to show up uh, knowing how to shoot. You need to show up uh, uh, understanding all the safety. Uh, concerns and everything else. This isn't a beginner's course, uh, but we'll have uh, both the courses back to back on Monday and Tuesday. And then uh, we've got the uh, Ghost of Goliath courses in November and December. We've got the uh, uh, the 3%ers uh, Grid Down Communications course in the beginning of December. And then we're now working on uh, a couple of courses, uh, a couple of uh, two-day courses uh, for AK-47s, and uh, and I'm working on a uh, beef and small game processing course uh, for December. Now, because once it's cold, once it gets down to cold, that means I can also uh, I can also fire up the smokehouse. You know, and hang uh, sausage and stuff like that to smoke. I like to do that uh, once it's cold. If you try and do it in the summer, it's, it's just a lot harder because the temperatures uh, the temperatures make it a little bit rough, and you got to do things a lot faster and stuff like that to keep the keep the meat safe. But we'll be running uh, uh, the beef processing. That's where we'll take a, a beef. We'll take it from the field, uh, walking around in the field. And uh, we will process the thing to where it's 
It's in hamburger. It's in steaks. It's in soup, and uh, and ready to go into the freezer. So uh, be sure and take a look at uh, uh, our the website www.battleroadusa.com uh, for those upcoming dates, and then make sure and put the April 11th uh, uh, zombie destruction uh, running gun biathlon on your calendars, because that will be the next uh, that will be the next running gun, April 11th, 2015. Okay, Sam, you have anything to uh, to add before we uh, hit the road? Well, Mike, uh, I'll tell you, if uh, folks haven't been paying attention to Sparks 31 and his Grid Down Communications course, I highly recommend that. I've been corresponding with him a bit uh, since he came on the show a while back, uh, trying out some of the stuff that he's been talking about, and uh, I have learned more uh, from listening to him and reading his uh his particular blog and the information he's putting out, I have learned more about uh, getting some use out of my radio equipment than I ever thought that I would. And I highly recommend <laughs> that folks do that. Yeah, uh, I just uh, I got his book a while back, which is a, called Grid Down Communications. And if you go on the website, I've got links to it so you can pick it up. And, it, and it's very inexpensive, but it is filled with with absolutely priceless information and like I said we've got the course December 6th and 7th uh, and if you want to take this course you're going to have to come over to us over here in Texas unless you're going to go up uh, uh, up to the uh, the far northeast uh, and that will be December 6th and 7th it's a two day class we'll have one day classroom and we'll have a one day FTX that's where you take the gear that you bring the gear that's yours that you're going to use to make these important communications uh in a grid down situation and you're going to use your gear to set up and run communications. And that's uh, December 6th and 7th. And yeah, uh, you guys remember he's been on the show. Well, has he been on twice? Uh, only once, but we need only him once. back. Okay. We well, need he, him back. He, he's going to come back on the show a couple of times because that's just a, that's kind of like the deal that we made was I want him to come on a, a couple of times and talk and, and uh, so you guys, if you if you heard him uh, when he was on the show previously, uh, I don't think so. I think that everybody can see that he's a very sharp individual, and he knows his he knows his game. He knows what he does, and he does it really well. And uh, and uh, he, he's absolutely, uh, I would say, really brilliant as far as uh, understanding communications, and especially the ability. To communicate uh, in uh, other than uh, normal channels, and on top of that, uh, one of the things that I've asked him at the course to uh, to really emphasize, and he's really sharp on this too. Uh, if you remember him talking about uh, uh, Sam, of the uh, uh, is about using your communications. Uh, system, your communications program in a grid down situation uh, as a basis for your intelligence gathering system. I, I thought that was really super smart because uh, uh, I'll tell you, Mike, uh, <laughs> I bought a, a little uh, 
$21 software-defined radio uh, that he recommended. And uh, I'm not a, a great radio guy by any means. I plugged this thing into my uh, my laptop, the same one that I use for doing the show here. And uh, within 15 minutes, I was listening in on uh, on uh, just a whole host of folks. And then I started reading about paying attention to the intelligence aspects of it. I, I tried it as an experiment and listening to my radio for three hours a day, for four days, I sat down and, and defined what I knew from what I had heard. And I'll tell you that one of the uh, agencies I listed to, their communications are encrypted. I couldn't tell a, a, a single word of what they said. But after four days, I got a pretty good idea what they're doing and where they're doing it and who they're doing it to. That's and, right. And uh, if I had one other person doing it, I would know exactly where they were doing it. Uh, it, it doesn't take any uh, any great amount of rocket science to make this work, folks. Right. And it's a and pretty like, handy uh, addition. Like he was talking about the... Uh, you know, a, a lot of the folks, a lot of the, the top-level folks, like say you were in a grid-down situation and things were going on, that a lot of the folks, uh, you may not be able to hear what they're saying because it's going to be encrypted, and you're not going to have any way to uh, uh, to unravel that encryption. But uh, but nobody ever does stuff by themselves. They don't, they just don't, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you go into some... Uh, some municipality or some county or something, you've got to let other people know that you're coming in and what you're going to do and stuff like that. Then those people talk on the radio, and and you can hear it. You can hear what they're saying. So you may not be able to see that big black hole because it's a blacked-out hole, but you're going to be able to see all of the bodies that uh, uh, that are in rotation around it, and you're going to be able to hear them and hear what they're saying and what they're doing and where they're going. And like you said, it, it, uh, a person uh, who sits down and listens to it is going to be able to unravel a good portion of it with their common sense. So using your communications as a basis for your intelligence gathering system is going to be the, one of the best things you can do in a grid-down situation. You need to know what's going on around you. Uh, you need to be able to decipher the events that are occurring because uh, I don't know, who knows? You you need to you need to know uh, when the hurricane's coming. You need to know uh, uh, if something has happened uh, to the uh, nuclear plant uh, down the road. And if you know, you, you need to be able to to get this information somewhat. And the best the, the best way you're going to get it is with the abilities of your own abilities uh, to receive electronic communications over the airwaves. And and uh, and by that I mean more than just giving out your AMFM radio and listening. So if you want to begin to learn how to do this, then uh, then I suggest you taking the trip over here, December sixth and seventh. And we still got some uh, spaces left open. And you guys are welcome to uh, camp here. Uh, camping is free, 
and uh, you're welcome to camp here, and we'll be glad to have you. So if you'd like to do that, you can go to the website, www.battleroadusa.com, and uh, and look under the heading of training, and you'll see the, the 3% Agora Down Communications course, <clears throat> and it's got uh, links on that page for uh, for more information and to register. And uh, if you do decide to uh, sign up for the class, be sure and send me a, an email and let me know, and that way I can put you on the list uh, because I'm going to start sending out uh, information on a regular basis here and now to help people get prepped for the class. So, all right, uh, I believe that's going to do it for tonight, and uh, I want to thank everybody for listening in, and we'll uh, we'll see you again this next uh, Thursday. 7 p.m. Central, and uh, with uh, Mike Vanderbilt as our guest. Until then, uh, take care, God bless, and uh, and we'll see you uh, next Thursday. Sam, thanks a lot, man. I uh, I appreciate it. And thank you for the opportunity. I can hear creepers on the way out, too. And when the band plays, hail to the chief. Oh, that was the case.